Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty right here on 95.5 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Though football season is coming, so we're only going to be on from 4 to 6 next week. But if you want to hear from us every day, my producer Binkley and I co-host a podcast called Drive Time Prop at thepropreport.com where we peel away the propaganda in 30 minutes at drive time, 4 p.m., Eastern every weekday up to the minute news from a perspective of liberty, truth and justice. And also coming from a perspective of liberty, truth and justice is my favorite local activist, a man who you've heard before and needs little introduction. Garland Favorito of Voter GA. Hi, Garland. How are you? Monica, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. you got a great show and lots of fascinating topics, and I really appreciate that you uh, spent, uh, allocate a little time for me because I've got some really, really uh, important stuff to share with you today. Well, I have one question I did not tell you I was going to ask, but I know you'll be able to answer it, and it's I, I hinted at it before the break. I, I am I, You're almost as, uh, not cynical, but you're as maybe cautious and believing official narratives and all that as I am. And I just, I'm cynical. You were right the first time. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> but, but you can't be too cynical because you do fight this fight. And I wonder if you could tell us in a nutshell, why you think this fight is really worth fighting. Well, Election it, integrity. It, it, it's about America. I mean, all the issues you talk about are really about the going back to the principles upon which America was founded and uh, if we don't fight, uh, there's just going to be a massive takeover. You know, you, and you've talked about so much on your show with, you know, Google and social media trying to control elections. Um, and, and there's so many things uh, that are wrong. And we're having to fight on, on, on every front. But voting systems is just one front. So that's I- why I appreciate your show so much. And if we don't fight... Uh, it's going to be all over. We're going to be either a Marxist or fascist uh, government. And, um, you know, neither one of those are, are desirable. And you have actually convinced me that at least it's worth fighting, if only to slow them down. Because I look at things like the Roy Moore election, and I think uh, what what the they did, I don't know if you're familiar with the new knowledge and the stuff they did. They put fake Russian bots to make it look like he was in bed with Russians and other stuff like that. And it just shows me what lengths they will go to to affect an election must mean the elections still have some value or some deterrent effect to total tyranny. Well, right, Monica. And the value is more to to individuals domestically than it is to foreign uh uh, governments. I mean, obviously, there is some advantage in in having a certain president for a foreign government. But the threats that we have been concerned about over the last uh, fifteen or twenty years have been domestic threats. Uh, very, you know, establishment um, individuals, well connected with uh, technology power uh, and the ability to manipulate elections. That's that's what we were are really the most concerned about. Very good, interesting, and I and I'm going to tell. Uh, I want to. S- 
hit the ground running here. I want to get to the meat of the stuff that we want to hit today. And I want to just give out the phone numbers. As people listen, if it's not crystal clear, because you cover a lot, Garland, or if you want to challenge, I love it when people challenge what you have to say because... Uh, I find myself having some questions maybe I don't understand. So you uh, answer people's questions in real time. I love that. So if people want to jot down the 404-872-0750 or 800-WSB-TALK, you're open to questions after you tell us this update, right? Yeah, Monica, I love it too because I love the hard questions because what the people uh, hear on the news is not necessarily what is actually going on. There's a little bit, there's a bit of a disconnect. The coverage is not really good, as we're going to see here in a couple of minutes, uh, about how bad and how corrupt the election systems have been in Georgia for the last 15 or 20 years. So it's great when informed people who don't really understand what you're saying as being consistent with what they think is true, they've got to bring those inconsistencies out for you to answer so we know that you know what you're talking about, you've heard that, and you know why it's wrong. So... Yes. And I want to start with the first thing. Let's get um, an update on the voting system lawsuit. Just in a nutshell, what is it? What happened? Oh, absolutely huge. Uh, A landmark decision last week that we were expecting. We just didn't know when it was coming. But the voting systems in Georgia were ruled unconstitutional last week. And they have been banned uh, as of 2020 from any further use in the state of Georgia. Um, It's a landmark decision that is unprecedented in the country. Um, And this was the first one. And, of course, as I've said on the show before, the machines produce results that can't be verified by the voter. They can't be audited by an election official. And they can't produce a real recount. They can only reprint previous unverifiable results. So for those reasons, the uh, United States District Court ruled that it impairs the constitutional right to vote. Um, And uh, so that was uh, a tremendous decision, and it was a decision that the Georgia Supreme Court didn't have the courage to make 10 years ago when we brought that case all the way to the Georgia Supreme Court. Okay, but you got to tell me, I remember the last time you were on, we were trying to stop the we're trying to slow down the decisions for the new voting machines because we wanted that letter was like at a financial analysis there was some letter they were required to give analysis or study they were required to give which they did not give and we were trying to get them to give it and then they they voted in the the system that you did not want how does this impact how does this lawsuit impact that if at all Yes, great question, Monica. So that's like a two-part question. So let me. So uh, the the that the good news is that the voting the DREs we call them direct recording electronic devices are are now outlawed, um, and we don't think the Secretary of State is going to challenge that. The bad news is what you're getting to is that the Secretary of State and the legislature have embarked on a new voting system that is equally as unverifiable as the one that we have now. Now, the reason that I'll say that is because this voting system, even though it has paper ballots for backup, it embeds the voters' selections into an encrypted barcode that the voter cannot read. So the voter cannot verify the selections that they're made, they made, and that's the selections that are accumulated for the totals. 
So uh, essentially what we have done is we've replaced one unverifiable voting system. We're planning to replace that with another unverifiable voting system. Um, and we could be disenfranchised for another 16 or 17 years uh, if we don't fight this. And, and is it the, too late to fight it? I mean, have they already spent no. the money? Um, it's so it's not too late to fight. So the the um, the, uh, the bad news is that they have signed a contract um, and uh, you know they've made the selection. The good news is that the plaintiffs in the lawsuit, and there are two different plaintiffs. Uh, one has just filed today uh, a motion to stop that implementation, and the other uh, group of plaintiffs will also file a more comprehensive motion in the next week or two uh, and to, to prevent that installation uh, on the grounds that it is also uh, infringing upon the constitutional right to vote. And they are in very, very good company there because the National Academy of Sciences and the court has already said that we need a voter verifiable system. So they are likely to have their motions upheld, and that's going to throw us into some interesting situations uh, for the of 2020 and the presidential primary. Oh, very interesting. Are you, I've got a call here from Joe. Are you ready, uh, Garland? You want to call? I'm absolutely. I'm fine, Monica. Okay. All right. Uh, Joe, I am putting you on. I'm probably going to need Alicia's help here. Uh, Joe, you're on. Can I say hello, Joe? Uh, hello. Can you hey, hear Joe. Me okay, great. You're on the air with Monica, and I hope Garland. Garland, can you hear yeah, as well? I great. am here. Okay, yes. Joe. Hi, hello, Joe. <laughs> hello, Joe. Yeah, my yeah what do you have was, to say to Garland? Uh, my comment is I don't understand why a receipt is needed, uh, to, and as part of a lawsuit that's saying voting, uh, the voting machines are unconstitutional, because when I vote, it gives me a summary at the end. So I can check, you know, when I did the electronic voting, it gave me a summary at the end of everybody that I voted for. Right, but how do you know that that summary that you saw on the screen is actually what the machine recorded for your votes? Because every because it's uh, because that's what the machine says. It's electronic system. So whatever it shows you is what, you know, on there. Okay, so let me let me just explain it this way. So I'm an IT guy. I've been in the computer business for 40 years, all different aspects. Almost anybody who programs a computer can make that machine say one thing and record the vote differently. There's Hello? no audit procedure to verify that the machine Hello? recorded it correctly if, in fact, there was an error or there was an intentional hack to make that happen. Yeah, okay. Well, Garland, I'm in IT, too, and I can tell you that you can also make a printout to say something different because the printout comes off the electronic system anyway. So you, you, your printout can be falsified. And the printout will cause more trouble because you'll get a bunch of people with printouts saying, you know, the count can't be right because, you know, there's a higher percentage of us with printouts that had, you know, they'll, they'll use the printouts as some kind of way to challenge the official results. There's one system of record, and it shouldn't be in the voter's hand because they're going to gang up together and then start saying the election's wrong somehow or something. The system of record is what's on the disk. And it's not what's in the voter's hand. And that's what I object to with your Okay. Husband. Okay. So there's virtually no expert in the country that would agree with you on that. Um, no one agrees that I would say that the system of record would be on a computer disk that the voter could not verify. Virtually every expert who's testified uh, on both sides of the issue, they all agree that the paper ballot 
would be the system, uh, the record of of, of vote, because that's the only thing that a voter can actually verify, and that's the only thing that can actually be audited. Well, no, uh, I so, disagree. And, and it's I can be recounted. I can I can verify by when I'm done voting, it puts up a summary of who I voted for, and at that time, mm-hmm. I can make any changes. So that information is coming from the computer, okay. and if and if there's a problem, I'll change it. But that right there is the verify that I need. So there's one false assumption in what you just said. The false assumption is that you're assuming that what you saw on the screen is actually what the record the, the machine is going to record. Right, and no the same one, thing with no papers. one knows that. No one knows He's not talking about a paper receipt. He's talking about a paper ballot, right, Garland? Correct. All right, I got to take a a quick break, guys. Hold on a second. I got to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. This is Monica Mm -hmm. Perez. Monica Perez. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Now, we do have a couple of more calls for Garland, but I want to give Garland the chance to... Add anything to that last? Did you want to kind of put a punctuation mark on the last call since I had to go to break so fast? Yeah, yeah, Monica. So I think uh, there might be a difference uh, in, in, in a receipt versus a paper ballot. Um, nobody's advocating for receipts. But well, the way the new system would work is that you would use a touchscreen ballot marking device. It would print a paper ballot, which the voter would then scan into the system, and that paper ballot is retained by the system for recounts and so on. The voter, so the voter doesn't have any kind of a receipt. So the voter not, marks the ballot correct. and the ballot is read and then the ballot is retained. Yes, the okay. ballot is retained by the fact that the voter verifies their ballot and they then scan that ballot into the scanning system and that is captured and held uh, securely um, and the electronic results are then accumulated, but you have the paper ballot backup to verify that the electronic results are correct. Garland, I have a question for you. It says, I was reading the AP story about the new machines, and it says that one of the problems people have with the new machines is that the what is printed out is like a QR code and not human verifiable text, so the voters will just have to trust the code that it accurately reflects what they selected because they, they can't read it. Thank you. That's the issue. Um, and was that Binkley? Yep. Yeah, but yeah, Binkley, thank you. That is exactly the issue, and that is why it's not verifiable. This QR code that actually contains the votes that are accumulated is unverifiable, and it's encrypted. So you could not even take a, a, a handheld device in there, a barcode reader, and figure out what the, the machine recorded oh, for your vote. wow. Well, stay tuned. Anne and Ray, please hold on. Garland's going to get to your questions right after the break. Thank you very much. Um, I love the answers because these are the questions everyone has. So hang on. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty right here on 95.5 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. You can also find me at thepropreport.com when football season rolls around, although I should be on WSB. I do want to remind people that WSB's free gas giveaway is underway right now. 95.5 WSB helps you on your daily commute with triple team traffic. Now we're giving you more relief for your drive. A chance to win five 
$500 in free gas or more, up to 1000 Go to WSBRadio.com to register. Then listen weekdays at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 4 p.m., and 5 p.m. When we announce your name, call and win. The first name will be announced this Monday at 8 a.m. So remember, listen Monday morning at 8 during Atlanta's Morning News right here on 95.5 WSB. And as I said, I do wake Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty and somebody who is fighting for our liberty, our rights, our protections from government under the law is my favorite local activist, Garland Favorito of Voter GA. Hey, Garland, you ready for more? I am, uh, Monica. Let's do some more. But I, I wanted to quickly just mention something as to why uh, this is so important and how easy it is to actually rig an election. Just real quickly, I wanted to recap what we talked about at our, our, our last show. And so Georgia preps all of their elections for all the counties and the voting machines centrally. And that central site, which was at Kennesaw State for many, many years, is uh, vulnerable to a single point of attack. So if you compromise that single point of attack, that server, you can then manipulate any election in any county and any voting machine because all of that is downloaded. The ballots for each election is downloaded centrally, and then it goes to the counties. The counties then uh, prep their voting machines. So what we found out, if you remember, or we talked about before, was that that Kennesaw State server was wide open to the Internet, exposed to anyone to put a a virus on it that can uh, hack an election. And uh, that uh, was exposure actually existed for probably about 13 years. When it was discovered, the Secretary of State's office back then in 2017 didn't try to find out if any data had been uh, compromised, if there were any hacks, uh, anything like that. They then destroyed the data so that no one could determine if there was uh, a hack or any, any malware on that um, that server. And then they never cleaned the county servers that had received the data. So they're still operating uh, which with possibly corrupted data today. And that's kind of the significance of all this. Uh, the reason the uh, Secretary of State's office uh, has said for years that these machines were not connected to the Internet. The judge was furious to find out that they have, are connected to the Internet for prepping. Um, and can then I, when, Can yeah. I read her quote? Good. Say and finish your thing, and then I want to read the judge's yeah. quote. Yeah, uh, uh, she, there were so many quotes, and she was so livid about it. But then they hired a security firm called Fordless, who did work for George W. Bush, uh, to, but they told them, don't look at anything in the elections, just look at our, our server that handles the corporations and the licensing. So it, it was. she was just very, very... Well- my quote, the quote from her that I thought was, uh, this is from that judge, I think. She said, the defendant's contention that the servers were not intentionally destroyed or wiped is flatly not credible. Exactly. I think that was one of her best you know, quotes. Yeah. I was disappointed that Stacey Abrams didn't shine the light on this issue when she claims that voting is her big thing. Well, right, um, Monica, and I think, that, and that's a by frustration too, because she's uh, Stacey has never been um, very. She hasn't really been interested in this issue until she started to run for governor, um, and then she became more interested in the issue. 
Um, and in fairness, uh, I believe but given that it was did, Kemp. Huh? Sorry, I'll let you finish. But given that it was Kemp who was the secretary of state overseeing this clearly funny business, she had a perfect opportunity to get to the heart of the real issue. Well, exactly. And that's part of my frustration, because voter suppression, I understand that that's a legitimate issue, but it's a onesie-twosie issue. You know, you can deny one or two people the right to vote. Uh, But in this case, we're talking about easily flipping an election from one candidate to another with a flip of a switch, uh, literally a logical switch, not even a physical switch. So it's a different magnitude of a problem, and that's where I would have liked to have, uh, if she was really concerned, I'd have gotten, liked to have seen her focus more on that. Uh, in fairness, though, I believe she did, uh, Verify did help out on uh, a little bit on the legal expenses with that. Uh, the lawsuit that was won last week. So okay. uh, I'll cut her a pass on that. Uh, yes, I, you are uh, always fair and nonpartisan, I have found, in this issue. <laughs> I've got calls, though, we got to get to if you're ready. Okay. All right, I'm going to start with Anne, um, and then we'll do Ray and Leo. Anne, you are on with Monica Binkley and Garland. What you got? Hi. Hi, Monica. I, I think that he may have just answered my question, but I want to throw it out there as well as another question to him. Um, when, when, when you go to vote, you fill out what I call uh, the, the voter's uh, ID, and, and there you have to identify which way you will be voting. And every hour those votes are counted up and matched up with what the machine ballots uh, are calculating. So I'm not sure. And at the end of the night, all of those things are calculated and they have to match up. So I'm not absolutely sure that I fully understand what the problem was um, with with the machines that we have. And secondly, okay. I'd like to hear uh, more about you, you said that you felt that the voter suppression was a legitimate issue. And I would certainly like to hear how so. Okay, um, so let's talk about the accumulation first. So there is no preliminary accumulation on the machines. The accumulation occurs after the polls close. So there's nothing that happens during during the middle of the day, and there's no matching or anything like that that takes place in regards to the accumulation. It's just that whatever is electronically on the record is accumulated as the official results, and there's no paper ballot backup to prove that that, those results that are printed are actually correct. So that would be my answer to the first uh, question. And then the second one, in terms of voter suppression, let's take the example of um, the uh, exact match check and the... the, um, more probably more importantly is that they implemented a policy. They did in the Secretary of State uh, camp uh, just before he left. They passed a law and implemented a very tight policy. Whereas, if you uh, get your card, let's say you have to, let's say you decide not to vote two two years ago. I didn't. Let's say I've, I didn't like any of the candidates. So I didn't vote two years ago. Well, you will get a card in the mail that looks like junk. And if you don't return that card, they will wipe you off the the rolls, even though you are a legitimate voter. Uh, that should not happen. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat or, or anybody else, Libertarian. Uh, no one, no legitimate voter should be wiped off the rolls. Um, that should be, uh, there are more, better techniques to use for proactively wiping off incorrect voters. But you don't wipe off legitimate voters 
uh, with false assumptions. And that you, was actually implemented two, two years ago. So that's one example is it of where I think voter suppression. Is that something that's, that well, could be considered systematic and targeting one neighborhood or anything like that? Or is it just people who have a low likelihood of vo- voting in every election are systematically discriminated against? Uh, that's a good question, um, Monica. And I don't think we know the procedures exactly for wh- who they send the cards to and who they don't send the cards to. Yeah, it's just maybe a second-order effect that it's like, oh, well, we know that people in minority communities will not vote if they don't like the candidate, but people in majority communities will vote all the time anyway. So it could be like an effect. I'm just throwing out there that it's that it's, it doesn't – it sounds like there could be a kind of deeper thing, but – yeah, that's possible. I don't know that that's the case. I think it's just the principle of, regardless of whether it's minority or majority, why would you delete a legitimate ro- a voter off the roll uh, just because they didn't vote in the last yeah, in uh, election answer. two years ago? All right, I want to keep going with the calls, if you don't mind. Thank you so much, Ann. Always a pleasure. Ray, you are on with uh, with Garland, so ask Garland your question. Uh, sir, I just want to ask you this question. These illegitimate voters you're talking about that's purged off of the rolls, Aren't a lot of those dead people that have voted for the last 20 or 30 years, those are the people that are purged off of the voter rolls. But I know you don't have any answer for that. You never count the dead people that vote, and it's always on the Democrat side. So, so first of all, I'm not. Uh, I'm an independent. Uh, I'm not a Democrat or Republican. But um, so... Let me go back to the point, uh, the, this process that we just talked about. And by the way, my, my area of expertise is not voter suppression. My area of expertise is the election integrity of the machines. And that's what we have focused on for 17 years. We don't do voter suppression. But since the question came up, I tried to answer it. And the, the example that I gave has nothing to do with dead people. Uh, if I'm alive, you know, I'm alive and I didn't vote in the last two years, I could get a card in the mail that looks like junk, not realize it, and have be wiped off the voter rolls. And what if I'm it was a, 10 I'm a years? Person. Would you be okay with it if it was ten, you hadn't voted in 10 years? Or it doesn't, you should never be wiped off. Once you're a voter, you're a voter. And I mean, certainly if there's voter ID laws, then why do you ever need to wipe people off the rolls? Well, right. Uh, I would, uh, of course, 10 years would be certainly much better. But what uh, what we do in the computer business is we use event-driven systems. So if you move out of town, uh, that should be some trigger something. You know, the post office could trigger an event. Uh, I know that's happened to me before in another state. And then you can be uh, wiped off the rolls legitimately because uh, you shouldn't be on the rolls. So if you move or something, or if you're dead, you know, the... Uh, right, death certificate, right. you know, yeah. death certificate should come to the, the voter registration office and they should remove you. Those are a legitimate uh, way to clean the records. I, I don't think it's le- legitimate to just start wiping people off uh, without an event. All right, Garland, I'm going to squeeze in one more call before this next break. I'm going to go to Leo. Leo, you're on with Garland. Leo, you with me? You hear me? All right, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put Leo back on hold because I can't hear him, but it is time for a break. I hope I'm not jumping the gun here. Uh, So I'm going to take this break. Garland, hang on. We're going to wrap it up um, after these messages. This is Monica Perez. 
Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Okay, uh, I'm going to... Garland, you ready for one more call, and then I'm going to give you the last word. We have a few minutes. Uh, okay, that's fair. Is that all right? Okay, Bill, yeah. you can... Bill, give you... Just throw it out there, and Garland's going to answer. We're going to wrap it up. Okay. You ready? Yep. Ready. Okay. First of all, the state should make an app where you can read that little code on your paper ballot to tell you exactly who you voted for. That would simplify everything. Number two thing was... When you, if you go to the vote, voting poll, I've been a manager for many years. I don't do it now. If you, if your name's not in the thing, that you can go vote on a paper ballot. You have to prove who you are within, you know, two days. That should solve that problem. Okay. Okay. So let, I'll address the first one, the app code uh, question. First of all, that's uh, app that is encrypted. So it's proprietary nature, and the vendor will not allow the state or anyone else to read that. Uh, because it's a proprietary code, and that's that's the problem we have with all of these vendors. So uh, they, you know, it's, it, the elections are conducted in secret. Um, the, and Monica, but the point that I wanted to make uh, before we finish up was that we want to go uh, this this KSU system that was so corrupted. They've decided to move this into the Secretary of State's office for supposedly better security. However, what they do is. They're still ballot, building the ballots with contractors uh, in their in their own homes, and they built all the ballots for 2018. Shipped that into the Secretary of State's public web server, which had 22 security violations that have found, only three of which have been fixed. And then those ballots then are taken in a USB drive by the assistant director and put into the election systems. So even today. Uh, and probably in 20, the presidential primary, this system is going to be wide open to uh, for uh, possible hacking. And this is what uh, the judge was just so appalled at, with. And I just wanted to get that in to know that there's still some tremendous security risk um, that exists right now today. All right. Well, just in the nick of time, Garland, because we've got to wrap it up. But I absolutely greatly value your efforts, your activism and coming onto the show to educate us. And please give us the calls to action and we will get the word out. And people can reach you at, at Voter GA on Twitter. And you're also prominent on your Facebook page, right? That's right, Voter J and Garland at Voter J and Twitter, uh, and then of course VoterJ.org is the website. Yeah, that's great stuff. Thank you so much, Garland. Thank you as always. This is Monica Perez. Thank you, Binkley, for a great season. Rachel, Alicia, uh, we will be back next week from four to six, but we're going to be bouncing around during football season. So if you want to find out what we're up to or listen to our latest show, just go to thepropreport.com or Propaganda Report on your favorite listening platform. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.